Bod Pod. I'm your host. I'm Kara Carincifelli. I'm a health coach, published author, podcaster, Instagrammer, all these cool things. And I help human beings, all you people, heal your relationships with food and your body and help you take your power back and your time and your money and your brain space back from diet culture and help you create a healthy, sustainable relationship with food that is easy and fun and no big deal as opposed to being full of stress, anxiety, guilt, shame, preoccupation, and confusion because it's not fun when it's like that. I know personally. Today, we're going back to a little bit more of our traditional podcast schedule. We have an interview this week. I went on a little bit of a podcast releasing rampage and released those Q and, the Q&A series. And I have more questions that I, I need, need to answer or want to answer. And I might continue on with the Q&A series after this week. We'll see. If you like the Q&As, be sure to let me know. Today, we are interviewing Talita Letterlow. She is a high-performance fitness health coach. She's training for the Olympics. So she is an athlete as much as athletes are athletes. She is a pro athlete. And today we're talking about exercise and exercise myths and fitness. We're talking about having a values based approach and finding a deeper reason why and setting performance goals. We talk about intuitive movement, the importance of rest and recovery, and the importance of food in terms of reaching your goals it's a little bit of a different type of, ep- of episode, an interview. Most of my guests have been health coaches in the anti-diet and intuitive eating space. And while Talita is a, a health professional and a fitness professional, she is a little bit outside of the recovery space in terms of like your relationship with food. And she's one of the few professionals outside of the space that I have a lot of respect for and I really love her message and I feel like she has such a great mindset towards fitness and exercise. So I'm excited to have her on and I can't wait to hear your guys' thoughts on this episode. So be sure to let me know um, what you learned and what you got. And if you liked having me interview people who are outside of the intuitive eating and anti-diet space, I'm super open to that. And I think you're going to love today's episode. Now, before we dive in, quick little announcement about Food Body Soul. So as you may or may not know, If this is your first time listening to this podcast, you probably don't know, but if you're a returning guest, what's up? Hey, welcome back. Food Body Soul enrollment is still open. It is my upcoming group coaching program, and I'm so excited about it. It is going to help you heal your relationship with food, connect more deeply to your body, and heal your body image, and it's going to have a profound ripple effect into other areas of your life, which I'm really excited about. Now, sometimes when we're struggling with food and our body, it actually takes up a lot of time and we kind of have an identity wrapped up in being the healthy one or our relationship with food and trying to shrink our body is like our purpose or like very high on our priority list. And so when we think about like, well, if I wasn't spending so much time on this whole food thing and body thing, like what would I be doing? Sometimes that question is a little daunting because we're like, I don't know, I've been doing this so long, is another way even possible? And that's one of the reasons why the soul component of Food Body Soul is such an important component because it's all about connecting you more deeply to your values and your purpose and what it is that you care about. It's going to support you in creating a life outside of food and helping you connect to who you really are if you have your whole identity wrapped up in your struggles with food. Now, today we're doing something a little bit different. I actually wanted to read to you a testimonial that I just received from one of my clients, Jen. This testimonial brought me to tears the first time I've read it. It's brought me to tears multiple times because I've I've been putting it on my website and stuff like that. So I've read it a few times and it's it's just a really beautiful testimonial and it really shows what's available to you through this work like if you were to participate in food body soul or to coach with me this testimonial will give you a window into what is available to you so I wanted to read you that testimonial right now it goes like this before I had my discovery call with Kara I was in a 26 year-long losing battle with my eating disorder that left me mentally and emotionally drowning Throughout the years, my body image and self-worth were codependent. This way of life had been going on for so long, I didn't know any other way of being, and I didn't believe there was another way. 
Working with Kara opened my eyes to the possibility of a different kind of life, one with joy and pleasure. There was never any judgment in Kara's voice, and I never felt shame when I opened up to her. She has a way of turning total darkness into bright light. I've been working with Kara for roughly 10 months. During this time, my relationship with food in my body has changed drastically. I no longer have fear of forbidden foods because no foods are forbidden. With a lot of internal work, I was shown a way to remove the power that food had over me. I now respect my body's hunger and fullness cues in a way I was never able to before, as the meal plan or diet I was on always dictated what, when, and how much I was allowed to eat. I now have enough food freedom that I can go to a restaurant and order whatever I want in the moment instead of researching the menus beforehand and calling in advance to see if the restaurant made substitutions for my many quote allergies end quote. I am not that person anymore. My weight no longer defines me as I am weight neutral. Thoughts about food do not occupy my every waking hour. Working with Kara has given me an opportunity to make this next chapter of my life so much more meaningful than how many calories are in an apple. To anyone who has any kind of disordered relationship with food, however big or small you think it is and or body image issues, and you do not think there is another way, Kara is someone you must have in your life. I recommend her a thousand times. She is kind and funny and real. This work gets hard and she is with you every step of the way. Kara has literally saved my life. Woo! Getting choked up reading that because it's just, it's really, I don't know if cool is the right word, but it's being able to be a part of people's lives in this capacity and support them through this journey and, and help facilitate such a transformation is such meaningful work to me. And it's so close to my heart and I deeply care for all of my clients, all of the people that I work with, and knowing that I was a part of Jen's journey and anyone's journey in this regard means a lot to me. And I want you to know that no matter what you're dealing with or how long you've been dealing with it, or if you're not even sure that healing is possible, I want you to know that it's possible. I want to plant a seed of hope for you. And I want to encourage you to trust that little intuitive little ping, that soul pull that is telling you to reach out and apply for Food Body Soul. If you have been thinking about it and you feel connected to me and my work and the way that I talk about things, I want you to trust that soul pull and apply for a discovery call. Let's hop on the phone. You have nothing to lose. You will walk away with value and clarity from that call no matter what, even if we end up not working together because that call is my gift to you regardless. And what you can expect on that call is we'll talk about what you're dealing with, how long you've been dealing with it. We'll talk about what your relationship with food in your body is like. We'll talk about where you're getting stuck and like what's keeping you stuck. And we'll talk about what you would need to do so that you can make healing and food freedom possible. And if it feels really good for us both, we feel in alignment, then we will talk about what coaching would look like or we'll talk about what food, body, soul could look like. And then again, if not, no worries. That call is my gift to you. So trust your intuition here. If there's even this little bit of a part of you that's thinking that you want to reach out and learn more, if you connected to what Jen's testimonial said and the transformations that occurred for her around like not worrying about the calories in an apple, going out to eat and ordering what you want, you know, trusting your hunger and fullness cues, no longer letting your worth be defined by your weight. If you want the freedom from those things, you want a transformation in the, those areas, then I want to invite you to reach out to me and learn about coaching and food, body, soul. Okay. Without further ado, let's get into today's interview. Welcome back to the Love Your Bod pod. Today, we have a really awesome guest with us. Her name is Talita, and she is a high-performance health coach and takes a value-centered approach to cultivating new mindsets and habits within her clients, allowing them to be fully prepared for the possibilities to come, not only within their performance, but also in their life. Talita's commitment to improving the lives of others has helped her clients gain sustainable independence, equipping them with the knowledge and tools to maintain their health and fitness on their own. Talita has been featured on Access Hollywood Live, Romper, KJLH, The Front Page with Dominique DePrima, Third Eye Radio, Wisdom and Inspiration for the Spiritual Ear, Average Black Girl Podcast, Crazy Zen Life Podcast, and furthermore from Equinox. Talita, what's up? Welcome to the show. What up? So happy to be here. 
Yeah, I'm so really excited. excited. <laughs> Can we just talk at the same time? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> oh man. I'm so happy that you're here. And I um you want to just like get started and dive right in? I would love to. Love to. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> Connect the dots for us. Tell us a little bit about like what your relationship with food, your body, exercise, athletic, athletics, like all of the things growing up that eventually led to where you are now doing the amazing work that you are helping all of these people. Yes. Well, hmm, let's see. I, well, like you said, with the athletics part, I have been an athlete literally all my life. I was going to say literally, obviously not out of the womb, but since I was four, four years old, um, I was a competitive gymnast. What was that for 11 years and then transitioned to track and field. Um, and I've been competitive since, since, what is that in track since ninth grade. Um, and my personal goal has, has my personal dream and goal has always to be, um, become an Olympian. And even to this day, when I talk about the Olympics, I get, it just means so much and I get choked up about it. So mm. most everything that I've done has been geared toward that. But in, in, in the, along that journey, though, I realized, obviously, that everyone is not an athlete. However, I feel that, they're, they're, they're can, that you can tap into um, the athlete inside of you. I, I, and I would love, I love to help people draw that out. doesn't mean a competitive athlete, but... but I feel like one of the defining characteristics of athletes is that we, we push ourselves, we're very driven, and we just want to be better all the time. Yes, yeah, some of us want to be the best in the world, but, <laughs> but we're mostly competitive with, our, with ourselves, and we want to continually get better all the time. And that, I mean, that can be in life with anyone. Um, and when you really tap into what your core values are that's the place that i come from all the time and so all of my decisions are led by that um and and it is it is literally another i guess dream of mine for everyone to have something in their life like that that they feel that deeply about and that they that they don't mind getting into uncomfortable spaces in order to to make to achieve that that's another defining characteristic of an athlete is that we're just willing to go to that uncomfortable space and stay there longer than most. But again, you can do that in anything. It doesn't have to be in athletics. So that's what I love to, to tap into my clients, even if they aren't specifically um, a competitive athlete and really get to the root of what they want and utilize, you know, uh, training, strength training and all of that as a means to an end, really, um, to use that to help you you know, get your goals. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, I know that I would say growing up food, like I know now, obviously food is a huge part to that nutrition is, but growing up, it, that wasn't necessarily a thing in my mind. Like I'm using my food to help me train better and perform better. I just love food and I ate, or I still do. I eat a lot and all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know when I realized, or probably, probably somewhere in college is when I realized food can be used positively, not just, oh, we eat every day and, and I like it, but really I can, oh, this can be another tool that I can use for my, um, to get better in sport. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it sounds like always, you've always had a really solid relationship with food. Like you weren't a dieter growing up, it sounds like your mom wasn't dieting and like food wasn't like this topic of concern or something. True. It is, it was not a topic of concern. However, my mom did diet. I will say that I do remember, but it wasn't a, I don't recall her ever it being like obsessed in her mind, like constantly like a thing. Um, but I remember her, I want to say it was two main ones. I remember the slim fast (laughs) diet and no it wasn't she didn't do Weight Watchers whatever the one with I feel like Marie Osmond 
whatever that was. Like Nutrisystem. I mean, I don't know. Something. Jenny Craig, Nutrisystem. I don't know. I think it was Nutrisystem. But Slim Fast is what I remember the most just because I remember it being almost like a, not an event, but it's a shake for breakfast, a shake for lunch, and then a sensible dinner. Um, And so I remember when she bought bought a blender and, you know, all that (laughs) stuff. But it, but uh, but I don't think I ever felt a pressure to to diet or have a negative um, body image at all. Um, I I would I well I will share a story though that wasn't about pressure, but it was just about my when I when I did realize it was a thing that people that is in people's minds that it was a a thing to think about food. It was a thing to manipulate food and your body. And that was probably around, I want to say eighth, eighth grade-ish, eighth, ninth grade. Um, when it could have been even earlier, but whenever those ABC after school specials were, um, that my mom of course loved for me to watch and learn a little something. Um, but these particular ones that I remember were about eating disorders and usually it was around the same age, middle school or high school girls, teenage girls that were going through this. And I, I just remember not understanding it. Like I don't, I don't get how someone, especially as much as I love food back then. And, and mind you, that was an identity I had. People knew me as that girl who eats a lot and loves her food. Um, so I didn't get at the time how people would restrict themselves from eating food intentionally, like on purpose. And I was, I was watching those specials trying to get it. Um, and, I, and I really didn't understand how someone could throw up on purpose also. Um, that was, that's probably one of the, the, uh, what's the word? One of the things that I, I don't know if it's a fear, but that I dislike the most. I can only, I can name on one hand how many times in my life I've thrown up just the feeling of it. But anyway, so I really didn't get that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had the nerve actually to say to myself, actually to my mom one day, if I had to choose one anorexia or bulimia, which one Oh, I'd have to, it'd have to be anorexia. I could never, you know, throw up. And my mom was like, child, what are you talking about? Why, why are you choosing anything? What, what girl, girl, get out of here. And that was the end of that conversation. However, I, I say, unfortunately, just cause it's uh, just a crazy thought I feel like I had. And, but I did experiment with the um, restricting of food. Because I just, I really wanted to understand and I really wanted to know what that felt like. And so for, I want to say it was about three-ish weeks, maybe four, but I feel like it was around three. I, I did not eat all day long, except for dinner time, because I was not having that conversation with my mom. She definitely wasn't going to have that, um, that wasn't happening in our house. So I ate dinner, but I made sure all day long I restricted and it, it was obviously not fun, but obviously the first week was difficult. But then in the next couple of weeks, I started to feel this, the isolation from people because you're, cause I'm hiding it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want anyone knowing what I'm doing. And then I started to feel that almost euphoria, almost of that control. Like, ooh, I was able to control that and, and the feeling that how good that feels to be able to control something. And so I each day was like, ooh, I'm going to go a little further in the day and not have something, a little further. And then, ooh, maybe I can get past my mom, but no, didn't, didn't get to dinner time. <laughs> but um, and I, uh, thinking about it now, I feel I, I don't ever, ever, ever want to downplay the difficulty that that someone the challenge that someone's going through who's actually um going through an eating disorder that was just the 
learner in me who really deeply likes to understand stuff. No, I didn't need to go that far. I don't think to understand, but I certainly empathize and knowing that it is, has nothing to do with food really that it isn't, can't she just, can't she just, there's no just when we're talking about that. That's a, it's just a deeper place. And I got it a little bit. Um, and then of course stop because I was like, okay, can't do this. And again, I'm was an, I'm an athlete and I needed my energy. Yeah. Things that I needed to do. Um, or just I'm a human. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Yes, that's true. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, and perhaps even talking about this now, that could have something to do with why in my practice now, personally and professionally, I, I do not guide anyone to um, counting calories or measuring food because I understand it's deeper than that. Um, yeah, perhaps that an early experience of that, that might um, have something to do with, I don't take that route. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, which I think is really uncommon when it comes to fitness coaches and like in just the diet and wellness industry and the health and fitness industry that often if you're going to work with a high performance coach, you're going to work with the fitness coach or personal trainer that they are going to give you a good foods, bad food list, or they're going to say like, Hey, count your calories or count your macros. So I think that you're unique in that way. Mm, mm. Which, which might be why some people most <laughs> in, in the industry don't like discussing that with me because mm. they want to know like, Oh, what are your macros? What's your percentage? How, how much? I don't, I don't know. Cause I don't, you don't track. <laughs> I know you're an anomaly, which is why like it's, you're perfect to like, I haven't talked about exercise or any of that on the podcast yet, because it's not common to find someone who has the relationship with exercise and fitness and works with people in the capacity in which you do, which is mm. awesome. Mm. And I loved what you were saying in the very, very beginning about your mindset, about like striving to be the best version of you and to be really passionate about something that drives your actions. Um, that mindset can have a profound ripple effect in any area of your life, right? Not just sport, like whatever it is for you. Yes. And also what you had said, you were like, I just don't understand how someone would throw up. That was what my mom told, has told me recently because when I told her that I was bulimic, she didn't believe me. She hmm. was like, who would throw up? Why would anyone do that? Like she really did not get that. Like I was doing this. Wow. Wow. So you're not alone in that at all. Hmm. That it like, it's hard to understand. That's why they call them a mental health issue because it's like, right. right. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. So what are some of the top myths about exercise, fitness, food, weight loss that you encounter in your line of work that you would love to set the record straight? Oh dear. How long do we have? No. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, the first thing actually that comes to mind, uh, which I'm sure you and all of your listeners have heard before, the whole calories in, calories out thing, that it is just... (laughs) It, I mean... No, no, no. It makes sense when people talk about it. Like if I burn more calories than I take in, then I will lose weight. But it just, no. Working out more and more and more and more to burn more calories than you're intaking or taking in actually starts to do more harm to different systems in the body before it even, before you even tap into that metabolic system that's supposed to be uh, burning fat. And when you affect those systems, such as, you know, your adrenal glands and and the immune system and all of that stuff, then you're making it harder on yourself anyway to, to do the, whatever goal that you're trying to achieve. So that slows down the process anyway. So yeah, calories in, calories out is no, Mm, (laughs) throw throw it away, throw it away. (laughs) Another one actually that I was last December, I mean, I've talked about it since then, but I just remember clearly last December. Um, a group of uh, people I was doing this like week challenge with um, for people who were thinking about they wanted to do the whole plant-based nutrition uh, eating style. This was just a five-day challenge to give them tools how you can make plant-based work for you. But Mm -hmm. when I started talking about carbohydrates or addressing their concerns about carbohydrates, 
I lost a lot of challengers. Mm. Okay, <laughs> um, so what do you mean? Like, which is okay. Um, that carbs make you fat. Mm. And so cut out carbs. Carbs in and of themselves do not equal get fat. Like that, that doesn't, there's so much that has to happen or not happen for that. So, so no, we can't say that. Mm. In my, especially in my world, so I'll go from athlete world first, especially in my world, carbs are king, period. And even then I have um, athlete clients, especially runners actually, who are, are afraid to, to eat carbs. Um, carbs are our number one source for sustained energy, period, period, period. And if you restrict them, all, of course, but if you, if you restrict them, you will not perform at an optimal level as an athlete, but as a human being, the systems in your body will not perform the way they are meant to perform either. So we just have to get out of, of that thinking. But I would be passed out on the track somewhere if I didn't have carbs, like I don't. <laughs> That's, those are probably two big, the two big ones. Yeah. Can, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So with clients and something that I've actually heard from even women that I work with is how they will say, like, I really want to work out. And then when it, when push comes to shove, they're like, I don't do it. And then I beat myself up for it. It's like, and I know I want to like exercise more and take better care of my body and enjoy movement. And, and then like, I don't do it. And so what do you recommend or like, what's the mindset shift or the perspective shift that is required for someone to like do what they say they want to do to hold their commitments, to stay consistent, to like truly continue to do those things mm. without beating themselves up, without self-sabotaging? Like what's been, what's worked for you and have you coached people on this before? Mm-hmm. Yes, I have, <clears throat> excuse me, coached people on it before and two things come up right away when you when you say that or ask that. And it's something you mentioned earlier in my bio about my approach to my work. It's a value-centered approach. I wholeheartedly believe that any decision in our life should be led by our core values. And it, it, it doesn't make decisions every day and, and it doesn't make our life easy per se, but I have found it absolutely makes it easier to make those decisions when they are based in your values. Because you have stated, you have said to yourself, you've declared to yourself, these are the things that are most meaningful to me in life. These are my priorities. And so I want to make sure that the things that I do on a daily basis, the people I'm around um, always serve those values. So that's, that's where I, one place I would, I would absolutely start. Your reason has to come from you and not anyone else. And I have had people say, why are you getting so deep, Talita? I just want to lose five pounds. Well, it is deep. Otherwise, you would have been, you would have done it by now if it wasn't deep. If it was simply really just about got to exercise more and alter my food a little bit, it would have been. So there is always a deeper reason. And Mm -hmm. that has to be addressed, in my opinion, um, to to get consistent or to, to, to get into, okay, why this is important. Then um, there's accountability. That's another piece that came up while you were asking. Because uh, if we don't have accountability, we'll find some way to get out of doing what we need to do. I have a coach. I need a coach. And I've had clients that are shocked, like, wait, you have a coach, but you know what to do. You know how. Yeah. But there are days I don't want to do it. <laughs> I would like to stay in bed and not, you know, go running up the hill 20 times. And, you know. Yeah. Um, so accountability is huge, huge, huge. It doesn't have to be a coach. It could be your best friend. And then the third thing I would say is, is finding an activity you actually like doing. Like hands down. And, and actually, I might even start there just to get you in that consistency of feeling good. This is something I love doing, whether you're it's dancing, whether it's hiking, whatever. And when you get consistent at that thing that you actually love doing, then you can maybe get a little more structured and add some things to your regimen again, based on what your goal is. So that's the other piece to it. I have a value centered approach 
and a goal digging um, practice. Like we're digging into your goals. If, for instance, I had a client tell me she wants to run the LA Marathon. I was like, oh, wow, okay, why? <clears throat> and again, she's like, what do you mean? <laughs> you know, why? Uh, well, she likes to challenge herself. And it was kind of one of those bucket list things. And yeah, I know it's hard. And, and you know, I want to challenge myself to do this hard thing. Oh, okay, well, great. What is your goal within that marathon? So I was explaining to her, if your goal is to, I want to get across the finish line. Okay, great. That process looks different, especially me as your coach. My programming and all that looks different for you than if you told me that your goal is to run three hours and 12 minutes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those are two completely different. <laughs> so your goal is extremely important because if, her, if she said her goal was to make it across the finish line and I'm over here timing all of her mile repeats and every month reassessing her, doing time trials and pushing her like, no, you got to go fast. That, that's not, the right. program doesn't make sense. It's not a line, nor my methods of pushing her don't make sense either. So those have to be aligned, your values, the goal, and the process. Totally. Yeah. Love it. I really love the emphasis on like having it be a values-based approach because I truly think that that is going to be the catalyst for taking inspired action as well as getting to the deeper reason why it matters to you. And I actually find that like when, when we just want to lose weight because we want to look better for other people or we just want to lose weight because society is so fixed on the weight loss that we're less likely to maintain the goals. We're less likely, I'm sorry, we're less likely to maintain the behaviors. Yeah, yeah we're less, way less likely. We're just going to like cop out, you know, or stop going. So I love all of the things. I think accountability is incredibly important. Like you have a coach. I have, I have a business coach. I've had a life coach, right? Yes. Like it really, <laughs> it really helps to invest in yourself and invest in someone else to be a team player for you and to be your cheerleader and to pull you out when you're like, or to pull you forward when you're wanting to hide, you know? Mm, that, absolutely. And, and I can tell you, going back again to my childhood and growing up as an athlete, that was probably one of the best things about being an athlete and going to my competitions was having my family there every single, every single meet. That support meant the world to me. It was, it was the best to hear my mom and my aunts and my cousins yelling, in the in the stands, yeah, Talita, yeah, I, I loved it, loved it. Yet at and at the same time, if I had if I didn't have a good practice and if I didn't have a good competition, they could tell because my attitude sucked first of all. But <laughs> they were also the first to tell me to get me back in line and and get me to understand that was you that was a learning experience. No, you didn't do well um, or as well as you wanted to. And you need to look at that, decide why it was that you didn't do well and get back on. But yeah, that wasn't your best, or, you know, they're, they're real with me and, and they're my biggest, biggest cheerleaders as well. Um, and I've noticed a difference lately. I openly shared this, that I've been missing that, N not from my family, but meaning um, obviously I don't live, or I shouldn't say obviously, I don't live where I grew up. So I'm further away from them and it has, I know they still support me, of course, but they're not right here and that's been difficult and not having a, like a tribe of, of other athletes that I'm doing, going through this with has been difficult and I can tell the difference in my energy at practice because practice is just me and my coach love my coach he's phenomenal but there is a difference yeah and even yes I know my friends support me too but because many of them aren't athletes they don't they don't really get the depths of you know the commitment and and my consistent behaviors or choices and you know um so I have been the last year I've noticed that and have been searching and wanting that <laughs> Community. Yeah. 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 Community. I actually, I, I, uh, I actually said this on the podcast that I previously recorded another interview and I read this quote and I don't remember who said it, but it's in the book in one of Tim Ferriss's books. And it says that I've come to discover that 
what actually leads to like behavior change or reaching your goals is not willpower, it's community. It's having that supportive community. And I also really get having other athletes, like you said, your friends support you, of course, yes. And having someone who also is on the same journey and in alignment with you is so transformative. Just like, that's why like group programs are so powerful. It's why like the mm. business retreat, we, you know, before we were recording, you were telling me about how you were vibing high from a retreat that you just went to. It's why I go to retreats because it's like when you're around like-minded people with similar goals and passions, like it's just, I mean, we're humans. We're meant to connect. This is why solitary confinement is a punishment in prison. Oh, you know? right. Like, right. Exactly. And yeah, that, that, thank you for um, saying that because literally this week or it's the best I have felt in a long time um this weekend was one of the best weekends I've had in I don't know I don't know how long um and it was for that exact reason I was around 30 plus 36 um other passionate driven intelligent um supportive entrepreneurs and small business owners who, I mean, they're, they're not only they're so good at what they do individually, but they really wanted to lift me up and each other up. And yeah. they want to, what can I do? What, anything that they could think of that they could do that will help you in your journey. They were, were willing to do that. The mm -hmm. conversations I had this weekend were amazing and that I have a refreshed, um, motivation and and drive simply from that weekend and that weekend had nothing to do with sports it had nothing to do with my sport but it but it fueled me in this week's my workouts have been like <laughs> like I'm on fire like give me more coach give me more <laughs> yeah that's the power I mean that's the power and I loved how you said that they were supporting was it all women or was it co-ed co-ed Owen, I think that it's really amazing to be around people who like genuinely have your back and are genuinely cheering you on and want what's best for you. Because so often in our world, it's all about competition and it's yes. like doggy dog world, especially also just with women and the comparison trap and comparing ourselves. And it's, an, it's really amazing to be around people that want to support you and have the mindset that like all boats rise to the top, right? yes. rising tide raises all boats, you know? Absolutely. So I would love to kind of shift gears here. So you and I, we've met, I feel like we've known each other like a year and a half. And one of the things that we had talked about a while ago, I don't know when we had talked about it, but it was about intuitive movement. So you had mentioned something that's important is finding something that you enjoy doing and how that supports somebody in having a positive relationship with exercise. Cause often exercise can be obsessive, Obs exercise can be a form of like purging for people. Um, or they can like work out twice a day. Like they're not professional athletes trying to make it to the Olympics, but they're like pounding at the gym two hours a day. It can be like unhealthy. Right. Um, I, so I think something when I think about intuitive movement is like knowing when your body needs like a rest day mm -hmm. and honoring that and not beating yourself up and actually being like, I need a rest day today and yeah. not going anyways because you're afraid of weight gain or afraid of what you ate, but to trust that like your body needs rest. Yep. Yes. I'll speak to that actually. Yeah. And, and it's both goes both ways, whether you're a non-athlete or an athlete, but in my world with myself and working with athletes, getting people to understand that actually your, the gains, not weight gain, but the adaptations and the progress that your body makes muscularly or endurance wise happens during your rest time, not during the workout actually. So, wow. Say that again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the gains or the progress and the adaptations that your body makes muscular-wise, joint integrity-wise, endurance-wise, it all happens during rest, during the recovery time, not during your workout. During your workout, that is when you are literally breaking down your muscles. You are, that is a stress to the body. You are creating stress. You're breaking them down so that in the recovery process, during the recovery time, that's when you're building them back up. That's when your cells are rejuvenating um, and repairing and replenishing, which is why during um, the recovery time, re uh, sleep, water, and all the nutrition stuff, it uses that stuff during that time. Mm. Yes, we use f food to fuel the workout, 
so you can actually do it and have the energy and all that to do it. Um, but you, the systems in your body are utilizing the nutrition for that repair process. Mm. And, if, and, and, I, and if you keep going, 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 going all day, every day at 100% intensity all the time, you will eventually break down. Forget just breaking, tearing, breaking down the muscle itself. You will break your body down. So mm -hmm. it, it, it doesn't work to always be here, 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 24 seven. Yeah. Yeah. Like rest is necessary. And I think that this is a beautiful analogy for all of life. Like you, it's like you can work yourself to the bone and you have to give yourself the opportunity to rest and to integrate. Right. Yes, like yes. I think some of us will get stuck on like the self-help hamster wheel, which is what my friend Ashley will call it. My friend Ashley Rose. And she'll be like, you're just going and like, you're doing all of the healing techniques and you're going to all the seminars and you're buying all the courses and you're listening to all the podcasts and you don't give yourself a minute to actually rest and integrate and, and embody the work. And this is such a beautiful analogy that it's like, you have to get, you have to rest for the body to actually do the upgrades. Yeah. Ooh, yes. The upgrades. I love that. Yeah. Yes. I didn't, absolutely. I think that I maybe have learned that before in the past, but it feels like that's just like a mic drop moment. I think <laughs> might also be like, wow. Yeah. Like you have to rest for the body to, to be able to repair, you know, like that's mm -hmm. just a part of the healing process is the resting. So mm -hmm. something that I really admire about you and that I think shows us what's possible is that you can have a really awesome relationship with exercise and fitness. And it can be something that fills you up with joy and allows you to get stronger. And that I think is awesome. Because I know that for a lot of us, it isn't that way. It's just about punishing myself. It's just about making up for the food that I ate. It's just about losing weight because I'm bad and gross and ugly. And I, I love for you that it's just like joy. You're like, I love this. I want to go to the Olympics. It's amazing. My cousin Joey is trying to qualify for the Olympics and diving. Like, Ooh, nice. you know, and I see the passion and it's really awesome. Yeah. yeah. What was your thought? Thank you for saying that. Because um, I do. I love how it makes feeling strong feels great. Feeling, yeah. Um, oh, I just remembered I was going to talk about, wanted to speak about an identity shift. That's mm. what it was. Um, because of the nutrition and being known for that girl who eats a lot. And everyone's like, where does it go all the time? That thing. There was a time where like that was the, the thing that I was known for. So it was recognition. So you speaking about, I've heard you speak about validation, obviously before. I, I think that was me being good at sports and being known for this thing that's typically not what a woman is known for, being able to eat so much and still be in shape. Or, you know, that became like a validation. Ooh, people like me because of this. Mm. And that shift had started, had to be, made the identity shift when again if i dug into my values and understand what my goals are i'm going to have to let go even though i still eat a lot but changing what i eat um it was interesting because it took it was a process but simply not because it was hard to oh no but i like eating that not that it was if i don't finish my food at the table when i'm around my friends or family they would notice and it was like a failure because I didn't finish because I was always known literally at a restaurant. I have had a server say, Oh wow, your plate's cleaner than when we take it to the dishwasher. Like I, like I'm known, like not only did I order a lot, I finished it all <laughs> also. Um, and that was a cool thing about me, a cool party trick or whatever. And, and having to let go of that because no, yes, I'm burning it and yes, I'm using it as energy, but I also need to use it for health, of course. And a, like I said, my recovery piece so that the structures of my body are actually, and the systems are working the way we want it to work for performance, for longevity, for those things. And if I continue to eat that much and all the things, like I ate everything um, and being able to quote unquote, get away with it, then I knew eventually that would, I wouldn't be able to get away with it, especially performance wise. 
yeah Re really all getting away with it means is that because I'm a high level athlete is that you don't notice it on me physically that's really all what getting away with it means but yeah. it will affect my performance and I had to stop so I had to say goodbye to that girl um and get over being no being cool just because you could eat a lot <laughs> yeah like being known as the girl who can put away a piece of put a whole pizza or something whatever yeah. yes yes <laughs> uh, and, I, and I think that that alludes to the fact that it's like what you eat isn't actually going to necessarily reflect on your body so for example for example there's that whole thing of like of skinny fat of like she can she eats a whole bunch of like you know she eats just the processed foods and all of those things and yet she's thin and then you can have someone who's in a larger body who eats more nutrient dense foods for example mm -hmm. and is in a larger body so like you actually can't tell right. what someone eats it's not foolproof right you can right. actually tell how someone eats based on what they look like you just can't. Like, I think that most people, and I talk about my boyfriend all the time on the podcast, like he's a big, heavy dude. And if you were to look at him, you wouldn't think that he eats the same way I eat because you look at me and you're, and it's, you just assume that I'm like the healthiest person. I'm just a health quote, healthy person, you know? Right. right. And you would look at my boyfriend and not think that little does anyone know we literally eat the same and the right. same amount, but you wouldn't be able to tell based on what we look like because he's considered obese. That part, that part, which is why I cannot, nor should, and I don't like, it actually really irritates me when I see actually uh, fitness professionals doing this or even, or nutrition professionals tell their clients, like I've had many people ask me, oh, well just tell me what you eat I, and then I'll eat that I, because you're fit and you're health, um, in shape and healthy. No, you can't do that. Literally, like you just said, two people can eat the exact same and look completely different. So that doesn't work. That doesn't work. It just it doesn't work. <laughs> And I have seen fitness professionals do that. And that's, that's horrible. It's yeah. just, it's a huge disservice to their client just because what, how they're eating is working for them. So here's exactly how I do it. You go do it too. No, it's, it's, it is about, again, educating. And then you can under, start to understand, you know, what these things are for, what foods are for and how it can work for your body. And you choose, and by using your intuition, once you get to that point, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the thing I see on on Instagram is the whole like, eat like me, exercise like me, look like me, mm. and it's like it's not gonna. It, that's not gonna work. No, like, <laughs> gonna work. No. Like everybody's body is so different. Their capacity to hold to to build muscle or different <laughs> heights, different bone structures, different ethnicity, like just all the things, right? Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> what are some words of wisdom or advice for your 18 year old self? Uh, I, I would say, and this isn't actually necessarily have anything to do with food or nutrition per se, but that's fine. I've been, okay. I've been um, speaking about this a lot actually with my, with my man and the small wins that I've gotten over the past few months. Um, again, whether it be in my, um, athletics or in my business and just learning that based on my athletic career all the way up and we're talking about 18 years so yeah based on my athletic career all the way up to 18 everything I've learned through sports I can use it for everything in my life and I can trust it I have I have really recognized that my gut and um, instincts are are have been good and I can I can lean into them more and I can trust them more and that I think it's hugely due to to me to my experience as an athlete I learn like bravery and courage to to really put yourself out there literally in competition where you don't know if you're gonna win you're putting you know going up against other people showing if you've worked hard or not, like if you're on display, things like that. Same with, with my business or, or to take risks, but with knowledge, if that makes sense, like not just <laughs> blindly, but okay, you know, you've worked hard for something. You have a set a goal, like all of those things came from sports. I've been setting goals since, yeah, since <laughs> I was five, six years old. And it just applies in all areas of life. So yeah, I would, I would tell 
my 18 year old self to lean into your inner voice more, 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 more. Mm, beautiful. Yeah. And just even re like circling back to like one of the very first things you said, just about getting outside of your comfort zone and just being able to go for it and to face your fears and to stretch yourself and to push yourself, all of those things. Like that is so true within business as an entrepreneur, like just having the balls to like put your face on Instagram live and like put <laughs> on the podcast and then like with healing your relationship with food, like having the the tenacity and the courage to get out of your comfort zone, to get out of the comfort zone of your eating disorder and choose right. towards recovery, choose to work towards body acceptance, like raising your hand in a meeting at work. If you work at a corporate job and getting outside of your comfort zone and speaking up for yourself or standing up for yourself when someone is mistreating you, like, yeah, girl, ripple effect. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And those things, actually, the last few things you said are conversations I've had with clients when we finally get into their whys. That, that has, that was one of them. I remember a, a woman wanting, she wanted to walk into her work, into a room with, which was mostly men, her, her industry and own the space. That's, and that's what she felt was improving the more we worked out. Yeah. Things yeah. that we, strength wise, of course, things that she was able to do with her body in our sessions that she didn't think she could do gave her all this confidence going into back at work. Oh, yeah. 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 So those are the deeper. Yeah. <laughs> Massive. I mean, like that's such an awesome shift. And I like have examples of that with my clients who will come in and they'll work on healing the relationship with food and body acceptance and body confidence. And they get themselves out of abusive relationships because their self-worth has increased. Mm. You know what I mean? And they'll yes. abusive relationships but before they just felt worthless because they didn't think their body was good enough. So they were being okay with being mistreated because they didn't think they deserved better. And it's like, you cultivate that self-worth and that confidence. And then you're like, oh my God, I'm sick of being treated the way that I'm being treated. I deserve more. I'm worthy of more. Right. And it's like, they didn't come to me to solve their relationship issues. They came to me with the food stuff and it's like, <laughs> right. look at how this has changed your life. You know? Yes. Yes. That's so great. same with your client. It's amazing. It's beautiful. It's all connected. You're an ecosystem, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> all right, lady, this has been amazing. Anything else that you would like to share? What are you working on? Where can people find you? Talk to us about your coaching, your groups, all the things. Um, sure, sure. Let's see, let's see. I, oh, I do want to mention one thing that it just popped in my head when you were talking too. And it just a, for a second goes back to like my, um, if you're wanting to get into like a regular workout regimen or something. One of the other things that I, encourage obviously you don't a person does not have to i do encourage having a performance goal to get out of what you just said even if you came to me saying i want to lose weight i still i encourage that person to find a performance goal so that that daily oh did i lose weight did i lose weight did i lose weight because that's not going to feel good first of all and it isn't like we talked about serving the values, like losing weight, that isn't the end goal. So I do encourage people to have a performance goal. Um, Meaning running a certain length of time, lifting a certain weight. Is that what you mean? Could, yeah, that could be like um, one of my, one of my clients came to me wanting to lose weight and get in shape. Those are her general terms. And when we dug a little deeper, we finally got into her reasons. And this was the, the woman I was talking about walking into her workplace. The day that she was able to do a pull-up without any assistance was like, it was so, I teared up, but, and watching her joy and being able, she never thought she could do that, be able to pull her body up, up on a bar with her arms. That kind, and now she wants to do, she, well, now she can do 10, so that's... <laughs> And based on that experience, that's my, that's actually my favorite exercise is pull-ups. So that's my secret goal for all of my clients, even if it's not their goal <laughs> is to be able to do a pull-up. But yeah, that kind of performance goal, or even, oh, I want to run a 5k. I've never run a 5k before. Or um, maybe, maybe this is an example of how something can serve your values too. Um, I have a client who's one of her core values is service. She does a lot of philanthropic work. So her, like one of the organizations she works with does a, an annual 
um, race uh, run. So to perhaps that's a way to link the, this, uh, my work of training you for that race is really, she doesn't want to be like the most fantastic runner in the world. Really what that race's purpose is for her philanthropic work, which goes back and serves her values of service. Mm. But you can still train for the race in a, um, I can train her to at least run well so that she's not injuring herself or, you know, something like that. But her goal is not to beat somebody's time. It's not, it's just linking the values with the process. Mm. Um, so that's another example too, to have that performance goal. Um, yeah. So really, yeah, I wanted, I really wanted to make sure I said that. Part. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's really beautiful and it really transforms why somebody would want to exercise. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it just, it actually makes it enjoyable and fun and uplifting. And like you said, in alignment with your values, not I ate a piece of cake. I need to burn this off. I'm bad. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and I know I don't even have to go into speaking about this cause you've done a beautiful job of it your entire career yourself, but I just want to co-sign with you the um, judgment thing. You being in a, whether it be a, a smaller body, a bigger body, a, you ate something you didn't think was the best thing for you to eat. It still has nothing to do with who you are as a person. Obviously easier said than done. It's just, um, that's one of the biggest issues I feel in our society and all of the body shaming and stuff and body acceptance movement, um, is being able to accept your body. Um, because it doesn't say anything about who they are. It might, say, it might say something about a struggle that they're having, but it doesn't say anything about who they are as a person. Mm-hmm. And, to, and take that off of your shoulders will you know, have you have, make your process a little bit smoother yeah. um, to get to wherever it is you're getting to. But yeah, what else do I? Oh, so yes, I have my online nutrition program, actually nutrition and training. It's a habit-based approach. So like I said before, I don't talk about counting calories. I don't talk about measuring grams or ounces of food. It is about learning sustainable habits, foundational habits that you can carry on forever, no matter what you're doing. I mean, and, and in the process you're learning, it's educational as well. So you're under, so that you understand why this habit is important to you. Um, so again, linking that education piece. Um, and in it, we talk about your whys and uh, values as well. And mm-hmm. that this particular program, it is a full year. So it is for people who I feel like who are ready. When I say ready to make a commitment, I don't mean make a commitment to a restricted regimen and I have to eat this way for the next year. That's not what I mean. If you're ready to make a commitment to yourself, to learning how you can treat your body better. If you're ready to make a commitment to yourself of learning um, and gaining tools to arm yourself with until the end of time, this is for you. If, and, and yeah, I invite you to, you know, have a call with me, a strategy call to, to discuss if it is, you know, right for you. Um, but these habits, adding one habit on top of the other as we go along through the year. Yeah. And I love that it's a year and not like 30 days and your life is changed, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I love that it's actually a year. That's actually really beautiful to have that much time to transform your life because then you know that it's going to be sustainable and long-term. Yes. Yes. You know? Like exactly. it's not that like you can't get results quick. Like I get that that stuff's possible. Mm-hmm. However, having that repetition and that longevity in terms of the support and the accountability and the building blocks mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. would lead to long-term changes, you know? Exactly. So if you got anybody's interested in learning with Talita, I'm going to leave her links in the show notes. Yes. Yes. And you can find her on Instagram. I will leave. It's yes. I am Talita. Yes. Yes. And I will leave. I, Go ahead. Here. Instagram is I A M. T-I-L-I-T-A. Amazing. And it'll be in the title and all of the things. So thank you so much for being with us today and sharing your wisdom and your passion for fitness and fuck yeah, go for the Olympics. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. 
All right, and that is a wrap on our show today. Isn't Talita awesome? I hope you guys got a lot out of the episode. I find her mindset towards fitness really inspiring, and I think it is so badass that she is training to go for the Olympics. Like, I mean, reach for the stars, right? I find it so inspiring that she has such a really big, awesome goal uh, for her in her life, and I can't wait to see her in the Olympics one day. That'd be so cool. So thank you for tuning in. I hope you guys got a lot out of this episode and learned something new. If you guys did, would you pretty, pretty please screenshot the episode and share it in your Instagram stories or leave a ratings and review on iTunes. That's like a little virtual thank you note. And it means so much to me when you guys do that. I love reading them. And I forgot to say this in the intro. If you want to apply for a discovery call, go to karaskitchen.net and you can go to the work with me tab and fill out an application there. Or if you're specifically interested in food, body, soul, you can go to karaskitchen.net forward slash FBS and that's forward slash FBS for food, body, soul. Okay. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I will see you guys all very soon. Bye.